I'm Blake Hardcastle. This is the Stories You've Missed podcast. Welcome back to Stories You've Missed. These are accounts of God's amazing grace in the lives of ordinary people at Grand Parkway Baptist Church. My guests today are Tom and Kathleen Walters. Tom and Kathleen grew up in Ohio in the same town, went to the same high school. Kathleen worked in numerous jobs from a paper route to a secretary at the <laughs> Pentagon and a packer for a moving company. Tom served in the Army and worked at the same oil company for 36 years. Kathleen enjoys reading books, and Tom enjoys reading putts. <laughs> they have two children and five grandchildren, and they've been at Grand Parkway for a year and a half. And this week, they will celebrate their 55th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Welcome, Tom and Kathleen. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, this is kind of an open-ended conversation, of, and I asked you, let's talk about how you've experienced the goodness of God. And I actually was delighted because you responded right away, and then even when I asked for a little bio, you sent all these examples of God's goodness. And so let me start with, you know, Kathleen, you grew up in um, a loving family, but it wasn't necessarily a family that went to a Bible-preaching church. Not initially. Um, my dad was Catholic, and my mom, in order to get married... Uh, to him. Married by the Catholic Church? At the yes, Catholic Church? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and they eloped anyway to a Catholic church in Kentucky. But um, mom uh, had uh, five kids in pretty quick succession okay. as a good Catholic. That's a good Catholics do, yes. <laughs> and um, when my oldest brother was ready to make his first communion, uh-huh. she was not raised Catholic and It had been weighing on her, and uh, she just decided, this is it, I cannot do that. She was uh, raised uh, Protestant in a a Bible-believing church. In fact, when she went for her um, time with the priest... Yeah. Everyone silence your cell phones. Okay, so your mom grew up in a Protestant church, but um, converted to Catholicism to marry your dad. And then your oldest brother was First Communion. Something arrested her. Yes. She just decided enough is enough. She said, I am not going to allow this to happen. And we had moved towns and uh, moved into Findlay, Ohio. And she had attended some of the... Uh, Catholic uh, services with us, and uh, she just said, this is it, I can't do it anymore, and as a child, I was probably five or six years old at that time, I remember the priest coming to our house Mm. in front of these children saying, telling my mom that she was now going to hell because she was taking all of the, uh, us out of the Catholic She was leaving church. the church and, and, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. But uh, so uh, she started going to uh, Central Church of Christ, uh, which is different from the Church of Christ mm-hmm. down here. This is Northern. Yeah. And um, lo and behold, she, she just got all five kids ready every morning, took us there on Sundays. And one Sunday, Dad decided to join her. Okay. And your dad was not much of a churchgoer? Or he was never he to go to a non-Catholic fa- church. He was a faithful Catholic. Okay, yeah. He was raised with nine brothers and okay, sisters. Yeah. This was a very devout... There's a lot of tradition to be turning yes, his back on. Uh, and it's different. Uh, they have opened up more now. Mm-hmm. Back then, he was literally ostracized. Yeah. And which didn't help because he already felt inferior. And... Uh, so, but we're very proud that, I mean, he literally read the Bible through before he yeah. converted, but it was because the pastor became his friend. So he, he had a ex- salvation experience. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, pastor became his friend by yeah. becoming his fishing buddy. So. Yeah. You know, most people who I, I know that they say, I wasn't a believer when I was in the Catholic Church. And when I came to faith, a big part of it always is someone reading the Bible for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so the pastor then became his friend. And oh yes, yeah. And and Dad served in the church. He really yeah. did. He was. Um, uh, I think that indoctrination stays with you mm-hmm. as a, from a yeah. child. Though fortunately, yeah. we did not experience that. And Tom and I both have loved music and singing in choirs. I remember sitting in the Catholic service 
And I wanted to hum along or sing along mm-hmm. with the choir that was, and I was, shh, shh can't right. do that. It's not your, yeah. We can do that. Yeah. Freely. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, you grew up in a family that was um, pretty moral, but not necessarily a church family. Correct. Uh, very good parents, taught me moral values, taught me the, the benefit of, of good work, work ethic. Uh, but we were basically CE members of a small church there in Finley, Ohio. And, and CE means and Christmas and Easter. Christmas and Easter, yes. For all our millennial listeners, that's what it means. <laughs> yeah. So, and we would darken the church door maybe two or three other times during the year. But basically, yeah, it, we were not uh, regular attenders to church, yeah. and and really didn't have a, a sound biblical teaching at all. And so, yeah, it's uh, I, I very good family. And then the way you came to faith was through a friend. Yeah, a little background there. Um, I started working mowing yards when I was probably 12 years old. Okay. And when I was 15, I ended up getting a, a job uh, for a couple hours every evening at, at a business downtown and about four hours on Saturday. As a result of that, uh, I wasn't able to play any sports. Mm-hmm. Or being any extracurricular activities yeah. in high school. You were working. I was working. Yeah. So uh, when I became my senior year, a handful of people knew who Tom Walters was, but I had you a, just cl- weren't I, around. You would I go had to a class. Of, I had a class of six hundred and thirty-five okay. students, yeah. which is a large class in yeah. in little rural Ohio. Yeah. Not not big for Houston well, standards, but but big. It's big. Big enough. Big enough. So I walk into history class for first time in the in the fall there, and right beside me is Mike Oakley. Okay. Now Mike Oakley is a big man on campus. Okay. Everybody knows who Mike Oakley is. He's a popular guy. Popular guy, yeah. And you may want to edit this out, but we won't go into we won't go into this. <laughs> so over time we became good friends. Yeah. And one day he tells me, I I saw a picture on Hot Rod magazine of this rod I'm going to build. And okay. I'm thinking, yeah, sure, right. Well, he found this this rod out out in a farmer's field. It was a 29 Model A, and it was just a rust bucket. Yeah. And so we started working on that every evening after I would get off of work. Okay. Through the week and on Saturdays afternoons, and we worked on it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Well, about end of October, the first of November, he says, "Hey." I belong to an organization that's going to have a retreat up in Michigan. Would you like to go? A winter retreat. Now, I have said, you been talking about spiritual stuff or just hot rods and girls? or just hot, No girls, just hot rods. Just hot rods, okay. I wasn't into girls okay. yet. <laughs> so so uh, remember, I'm an introvert. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> he hadn't met me yet. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't met the right one. So I said, yeah, it sounds like fun. So we got up in Michigan, have a great time. I found out this organization was Youth for Christ. Okay, yeah. And so I heard things there in that, that weekend that I had never heard okay. from the Bible before right. or never soaked in anymore. Right. And so I was real interested and intrigued by that. So I kept being involved in Youth for Christ. And I, I went to Youth for Christ basketball practice and mm-hmm. things like yeah. that. Well, I, I, the thing that the verse for me in the Bible is Romans 3.23. For all sin, I'm sure of glory of God. And it's for all have sinned. It's mm-hmm. not some have sinned or many have sinned. Right. All have sinned. I didn't consider myself a sinner. That's the first time I, huh. that I ever heard that I was a yeah. sinner. So because, you know, I was a good kid. I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Always minded my parents. Yeah. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. Didn't do drugs. Not that drugs were big in Finley, Ohio back yeah. in 1963. <laughs> but you could find them if you wanted. Right. And I didn't even date girls. Yeah. So how in the world could I be a right. sinner? I, I, I could do anything wrong. Yeah. I, I haven't done anything wrong. But I come to realize in, 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 the, in the studies they gave me and working yeah. through that, yeah. I was a sinner. Yeah. Just by natural man, I'm a yeah. sinner. So uh, one night after basketball practice, we were in the driveway of my house, and we had the director of, the, of Youth for Christ on one side and Mike Oakley on the other side, yeah. and they led me to the Lord. Yeah. And so, now Mike is also significant because... Well, I realized... When working with Mike on this car, yeah, that he had a pretty attractive sister. So the cars at his house, his driveway, yeah, yeah, in our backyard. It's in her and Kathleen's yeah. backyard. So I so noticed Mike, Kathleen is is who's your is is uh, Mike's sister. Two years okay. younger than yeah. we were. Yeah, she was a sophomore. We were seniors. So I kind of noticed he had a pretty attractive sister. Well, 
she was also a cheerleader on on the uh, basketball team, and uh, she made a very good looking cheerleader. <laughs> Still looks good today. <laughs> so, so for those listening at home, Kathleen has two shades of red. <laughs> so fast forward, and we continue to work on this car. Yeah. And fast forward to uh, probably January, February '64. YFC holds a roller skate party, and okay. they just take over the facility. So it's all young teenage Christians, yeah. YFCers. And I'll let Kathleen finish that story because she likes to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kathleen, you were a believer at this time? Yes. Uh, I accepted Christ when I was nine years old. And okay. it was the most natural thing for mm. me to do. Yeah. I fell in love with the Word of God, still am. Mm. I love the word and had such great teachers and i think god put a hunger in me yeah. for him he was drawing me yeah. that, so it it was i yeah. mean it was loving kindness mm-hmm. that drew me to him and so at nine i accepted christ and then you know through youth groups and especially for christ yeah. you grow because yeah. of the speakers and everyone you hear and but i had always uh I had not dated that many people, but... Have you always admired amateur mechanics? <laughs> no? I was actually looking for innocence. Okay. And I found yeah. it. I really was. <laughs> and um, I, I had noticed him, and uh, it's interesting. My mom had always said, you've got to watch out for the quiet ones. <laughs> well, I watched out till I found one. <laughs> Anyway, um, so uh, at this roller skating party, I'd gone to with another one of my brother's friends. Okay, who had picked me up and yeah. taken me to the thing. We weren't really dating, but you know, we were. But he was at least your ride. Yeah, he was yeah. my ride, and uh, so they have different. Uh, they would have what they would call uh, ladies' choice out okay. on the rink. Yes. Okay, so we're we are roller skating, and I and I. De- my Denny, my date's nowhere to be found. Okay. He's with the guys. And you're not about to sit this one out. And I see Tom. He's out there. And I come rolling up on my skates and I said, uh, has anyone asked you? He said, this is the punchline. He says, no, nobody loves me. <laughs> and that was it, folks. From that oh. moment on. So it's been together, together ever since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody I mean, loves me. I mean, yeah. I probably what a pity. <laughs> literally, the only boy I ever kissed. Mm. Now, uh, I'm kind of transfixed by this. Were either one of you an accomplished skater? We could skate backwards. And, <laughs> no, no. You but we could make sk- it around. You make it around without falling. falling? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we it. could turn corners. You know, yeah. where the skates overskate. Yeah. yeah. So at that time, you're a sophomore in high school. You're a senior in high yeah. school. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what point in the future do you know this? This is the one. I, I don't. I don't want this one to get away. It's interesting. When I was in high school. Uh, when I was a senior, I, I, I felt like, wait a minute, this is, this is getting serious. Okay. Tom's in college at this point? Yes, he's in college. He's, University yeah. of? Ohio Northern University. Ohio Northern University. Okay. I have that in. And, Small in, in Ohio. Yeah. And I thought, hmm. I thought, so, you know, I told him maybe I should date around because, well, really, he had not right. really dated anyone yeah. either. It's just a kid from the roller skating. Maybe yeah, the other yes, guys out we've there. We've been yeah. dating this, yeah. you know, yeah. almost three years. And so I, so, you know, I told him that. And I, it's the, the best fact is I came in and told my mom that. And she looked at me and she said, are you crazy? <laughs> Let's put it this way. My mom would have married Tom if she could. <laughs> I literally got on the, uh, got on the phone and yeah. said, it's all right. Forget it. Okay. Because in my mind, I wanted to sit him aside and yeah. say, if I don't find anybody else, I want come. And I thought, right. that means I'm supposed to just stay okay. with you. Okay. And the Lord is blessed. So your that mom was decision. pretty certain. Uh, oh. Hey, I see something. If you think you don't see it, I definitely see oh. it. Yeah. 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 She loved it. Now, the. Uh, I know. Uh, when you, I asked for, you know, you guys think about 
how, how have you experienced God's goodness? And you gave me a long list of things. I thought this was great. I don't know if your grandkids, your kids know that they need to know all these things. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, one of the things you mentioned is even that uh, that uh, Tom, you know, was drafted in Vietnam, and but his service was stateside, it, and and what he was drafted for and qualified for was pretty dangerous helicopter yeah. pilot. Yeah. And which you know those were just kind of bullet magnets. Yeah. And um, but his. And were you married at this point or not married? Or? Yes, we okay. have been married a year. When okay, got so you're newlyweds. And... Well, let me back up a little bit. I yeah. think the first goodness that we, we realized from God was that we met so early in life. Yeah. I'm 17 and a half. She's 15 and a half. Yeah. We have a son that he didn't date a whole lot in high school or college or even after he started work because he wasn't going to date anybody unless he thought saw this potential Right, for go somewhere. Yeah, and so he didn't get married till 29. And both uh, our daughter-in-law and him say, "We wished we would have met sooner." Mm. So we've had that. Yeah, you know, ten years more. Yeah, yeah ten more years on him. Yes, yeah. yes. So that's the first blessing from God. Yeah. I think that yeah. we got together in early, early stage of life. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. So yeah, the, the service was an interesting thing. Uh, I graduated from college. Uh, in 1968, right in the middle of the Vietnam War. Yeah. And I was offered a job by Marathon Oil Company, which is unusual because I'm draft eligible. They know I'm not going to be right. around long. So they hired me. Because if you're draft eligible, it's likely you're getting drafted. Yeah, back then you were going to get drafted. Okay. And so uh, five, and a half, five and a half months later, I'm drafted. And I didn't know this, but the guy that was a manager for Marathon and the computer, well, when I, when I interviewed for Marathon, they said, you can either go into accounting or you can go into computer. And computers were just starting to be a big thing then. I mean, they still punch cards at that point? Or? Yeah, punch cards. Okay. We had four huge computers about the, about as, in a room about the size of the old sanctuary yeah. that had, didn't have the computer capacity that you have on your laptop. Oh, yeah, right, right. But anyway, they were new and not many people knew much about them. So I was trained in that rather quickly. And... The, the manager, the manager at Marathon, knew a high-ranking officer in the Pentagon, and he had told him that if any of your employees get drafted, I want to know about because we need computer people. Okay. So, obviously, when I got drafted, he contacted him, and in five weeks in a boot camp, my orders are cut for the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that at the time. And so your orders are cut by the Pentagon, or in, well, in your or, report there. Orders were cut fifth week of boot camp to go to the Pentagon. Okay. And of course, the drill sergeants do that, and once they saw that, they weren't going to waste any time on me on training me. So basically, I was not a very popular guy in my my platoon because I got to drive them around and induce okay. them a half to go to training. You're doing Pentagon I, duty I, already. You weren't I, doing. Get your belly in the mud and carry this gun and clean this stuff and shine your boots. And uh, I did, yeah, I did go to to rifle training, that sort of thing, got expert. I remember I got expert badge for for, uh, shooting the M16. And my mom says, did you really want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Won't you be bad at war? That would be better. So at any rate, I got to drive officers around the base and got to drive troops around. I got out of the rest of being, but... This is another goodness of God. There was 200 people in my my company. 90% of them went right to Vietnam yeah. after extended training. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough not to have to do that. Yeah. So, you know, that's just a blessing from God. Yeah. So, yeah, we went to the Pentagon, and uh, Kathleen got a job there as well. It turned out to be a great two years for us when I could have been slogging around in the marshes sure. of Vietnam. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that's just a you know God's hand over us. Yeah, and uh, it's a true blessing. And so that that comes to an end, and you're in the oil business. I came back to Marathon. Okay, worked for him for 36 years. 25 of those years was supply trading and distribution, first of crude oils, then products, and then back to crude oil. Yeah. And that was a fun part of the business. I mean, you got to socialize with your counterparts and other companies. Yeah. A lot of golf involved. And I, <laughs> I like golf. <laughs> Is that where your your uh, interest and love of golf emerged? Well, no, I started playing golf when I was about 
14 years old. Okay. Yeah, I've okay. been playing golf for 60 years, okay. over 60 years. Uh, and also other things, ski trips and yeah. outings. And yeah, it yeah. was in addition to good work. But, right. And it was always, it was good because it was always challenging. There's always yeah. something happening, something to solve, always problems to solve. Right. And I like that. So yeah. it worked out well. Yeah. Now you have two children. Yes. And, um, uh, but I think, uh, you didn't inherit your mother's Catholic ability no, to have children. No. Um, we, after we uh, came back from uh, Washington, D.C., uh, we'd been married three years by mm -hmm. then. And, uh, I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, we, I was working back at Marathon also as a secretary, but we thinking, well, it might be time to start a family. Yeah. Things did not go mm -hmm. as you expected. Uh, we had literally saved ourselves before we got yeah, married. Yeah, it wasn't easy, but we yeah. did it. Yeah. And uh, but the babies weren't coming. Yeah, so went to fertility or to a gynecologist in what they had then. Yeah, and Tom had also got yeah. checked out. And after us, us both getting checked out, he literally said, I really think you two need to adopt because wow, I don't okay. think this is going to happen. The, the odds of you getting pregnant, pregnant yeah. this, this, you're better off doing adoption. And yes. So at that time, you know, was um, infertility, was that a kind of a black spot on someone? Was that difficult to... Um, I wouldn't say that, but my heart's desire yeah, was yeah. to have... This felt crushing. I, I have always loved babies. Yeah. Uh, and to be told... and. Uh, I thought, well, maybe maybe we should adopt. Tom Were you was, open to adoption? Tom was not really uh, open to that. Okay. So I did take a, a fertility drug yeah. at that time. And they said, well, the most it would be would be twins. And yeah. my mom had had twins. They didn't survive. Yeah. But she had had twins. So I thought, well, that could happen anyway. Sure. So I just kept praying. I I felt that the Lord was going to give us a child. Yeah. I really did. I mean, I quit work. I did everything. Okay. I, I thought yeah. I, if, if it's stress, if it's one thing or another, right. I will right. do anything, whatever it yeah. takes. And lo and behold, he did. He gave us gave us Erica, and prayed for you know so much. We never never took a child for granted, mm. and mm. that's interesting enough. Eric was born in 1973. Roe versus Wade oh. was 1973. Yeah, yeah. So for us, that just so wrong in so many yeah. ways. But when we knew the heart yeah. of women who wanted to have children, right. couples who wanted to have right. children, and then there even at that time, it's hard for adoption. Yeah. yeah. So we had Erica. And, uh, oh, what a blessing. And loved that. And actually and ended up being pregnant five times mm -hmm. for a woman who wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Uh, Never a possibility, that yeah, they said. Yeah. yeah. And, but uh, we were only allowed to keep one more. Okay. And, uh, and that was Drew. And yeah. yes, it was hard. It was hard because two of the little boys were born live. Mm. It was about a year before the last one, about a year before surfactant, mm. which is something they give premature babies mm. now that helps mature their thrive. lungs. Yeah. Yeah. And boys are highly susceptible. Right. Right. They, their lungs do not mature. Yeah. They just in general don't mature as fast as girls, <laughs> even maybe after they're born. But anyway. I think that's a well-known fact. Yes. yes. <laughs> so anyway. We, we lost those boys at 28 and 31 weeks of yeah. The yeah. Pregnancy. Oh, yeah, and the last one weighed three and a half, three pounds mm. eight ounces. Mm. He would have been saved now. Yeah, for sure. He really would have. Yeah. And he was the only one I really thought had Tom's blue eyes because my other two mm. are big brown eyes. So, mm -hmm. anyway, um, you know, it was hard. It yeah. was hard. Uh, but I kept, you know, I'd heard a pastor say one time, "God doesn't make mistakes." Mm -hmm. And you've got to trust that, yeah. that there's a reason for you going through this. And yes, I was able to help others when they went through it, yeah. whether it was an early miscarriage or whatever, yeah. because you can say there's yeah. there's light at the end of the tunnel. And every year uh, when the, that those births, birthdays yeah. come around, you yeah. still remember them. Sure. And I feel like I've got two waiting in heaven already. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. 
we did we did not name them to me it was like god wasn't finished with them yet mm. So mm. he took them back. Yeah. For us, that was the comfortable yeah. thing to do. Yeah. It, it just, to me, would have been even harder. Yeah. And so and, and so, I don't experience you as um, begrudging God for, you know, what was it, what he led you through, you know, what he was yeah. controlling. I, I experienced you as, I believe in God's sovereignty and I believe in his goodness. And yet this was a really painful, hard thing. But you know then how the power of the Holy Spirit holding you up. We mm. literally, because the last one was we had been transferred back to, we were in Houston again, uh, or the first, yeah, it was the first time we were in Houston. And Herman Memorial is where they transferred me to when I went into labor. And if anybody could have saved him, they had yeah. the highest need yeah. neonatal unit. And that was just not God's yeah. plan. But those doctors came in and they literally said, where do you guys go to church? They said, you are just handling mm. this different than and most people. you credit people. that to, to the, the Lord. Yeah, the Lord, yes. yes. I, yeah. And people praying for you, yeah. you know? And you, we've been through many things that you would look back and say, oh, Lord, I, I, I won't be able to go through that. I can't right. go through that. Right. Don't, please don't pick me for this. I can't no, make it. No, no. But he gets the glory out of it. Yeah. And, uh, and it it brought us closer together. It yeah. did not pull us apart. So yeah. that's that's the beauty also. Yeah. Now, um, uh, Tom's mom came to faith yes. later in life. Yes. Um, she was only uh, forty nine years old. Yeah. Had a heart attack at forty nine, but the heart attack was because of high blood pressure, which was caused by being at her age back then. She was one of the statistics that you don't give someone over 40 birth control pills mm. who smokes. Mm. She had hid the smoking from us. We Even Tom didn't know she still smoked. Yeah. And they tried everything. They could not get her kidneys to mm. start back up. And she, she'd come to church with us at different things, yeah. and, and Marion, uh, his dad. But he, she never made a profession yeah. of faith. Yeah. And um, they were brought up both in the Methodist church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but one time, she was in the hospital at the time. And it was one of those times where I was pregnant, with one that we ended up having a miscarriage. And I now you didn't know, and I was so tired, but I would go up every Sunday and do her hair for her. Mm. I'd done that for, you know, she was a very striking woman, always likes, yeah. he married his mother. Yes. I, I do my yeah. own, always have. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, we'll go, I'll go. And I had yeah. a little one, Erica was still little, just two. So I went up and that was the Sunday that she asked me, she said, wow. Catholic. Yeah, mm. I still. Yeah. Had I gone to my own personal weakness? Yeah. Because. Yeah, what my flesh wants to do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But the, I went and she just, the way it started, she's Kathleen, when I get out of here, I want to go to church with you. And, um, and then I just, I thought, okay. And I just started showing her the plan of salvation. And I mean, afterwards, when she accepted crisis, I'm just so sorry that it took this Mm. for you. But I have said, and I've seen it in others' lives, the Lord loves us so much. He will do what it takes Mm. to bring you to him. Mm. And it wasn't but that later that week that she essentially went into a coma. Wow. So that was... yeah. So those times... The last conversation you had with her. Yes, yes. And so when you feel like, oh, I'm too tired, I can't do this, I don't want to, don't listen to that voice. (laughs) Listen to the other one. Yes. But it was not only that, I was brought into this family. His sister and brother-in-law then came Mm. to know the Lord. Yeah. And, oh my goodness, they're on fire for the Lord. Uh, And he's a deacon in there. It's an evangelical free church back in Ohio. and. They are just, you you would have never known, you Mm. know, to pick them up to be where they are today. But the Lord did. And so, yeah. It's a lot of kindness and goodness to your family. Exactly. Exactly. And it's all down to one choice and one. Yeah. 
Now so, you you both have had uh, your share of uh, I'll call them health challenges or health curses or what you know depending on your perspective, and and yet you see God's goodness through that. The one that uh, really uh, started it off for me. I mean, I've I've always been in very good health. Tom was working uh, in Ohio and having to commute back and forth because this is before Texas. he retired. Yeah. yeah. And so I had had an exam that prompted an, an internal exam that says, I get a call from my gynecologist and says, uh, you need to see me Monday. Mm. And I go in and my sister had just been diagnosed with endometrial cancer. And she said, you have cysts that look like tumors or we don't know mm -hmm. what exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We need to do a hysterectomy, and mm. I mean tomorrow. This is a major surgery. Yes, yes. a complete hysterectomy. Yes. And, and Tom's, not, Tom's not there. And so I'm absorbing this. Mm. And that night, I, you know, it, I was there by myself. I talked to some friends who'd prayed with me. But KHCB, I always have that on, and there was a song come on that says, Like a river glorious, it's God's perfect love. Hmm. Overall victorious, it just went on and on, and it talked about his peace. And that, yeah. I mean, that song touched my heart so much that, you know, it, it, I've slept in perfect peace that wow. night. Wow. He got home in the morning in, the, in enough time to take me to yeah. the hospital. Long, and, Dr. McDonald, who is a Christian, did the surgery, prays with me before the surgery. Yeah. Well, I had a complete hysterectomy, and there was no cancer. Wow. There was no cancer when they found it. When they found I it. I was full of these cysts, yeah. but nothing yeah. cancerous. It didn't spread anywhere else. No, and, no. Wow. And I was, and I figured, well, that's one less place I can get cancer. <laughs> it's gone. So. Yeah. Yeah, but that then a, a colon cancer again. Uh, that was for my 60th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we were in yeah Disney World celebrating, and yeah. I get a call from the gastroenterologist, and he didn't want to tell me over the phone. I said, sure. "That's fine. you can tell me." So yeah. by the time I got home, Doctor McDonald had helped me get a surgeon. But fortunately, it's stage yeah. one, no chemo, no cancer, yeah. uh, no. Uh, uh, radiation yeah. or yeah, it, no no reoccurrence. If 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 God has convinced us of His goodness, do we have to fear bad news? No. Oh heavens, no, no. Uh, I heard a song the other day, and it was "Trust the Author of Your Story," mm -hmm. and it was a Christian song. And I, those words, yeah, yeah, He is. He's already written the story, yeah. and as long as we follow along with Him. What do we have to worry about? He's, yeah. He knows what's he's know he knows what's on the next page. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, he does. Mm. Um, now at uh, for your fiftieth anniversary, you, you mentioned these dates, <laughs> which is the it's the second of September. Uh, some might remember five years ago what was going on in this part of the country. This, this city was a little little uh, water issue. Yeah, God the goodness to us again. You know, when I when I was uh, when I turned seventy, I felt like I was fifty. I really felt good health wise. And then I get go into a normal physical in September, right after I turned seventy. And he says, you know, things just don't feel right in there. <laughs> so he sent me to a urologist, and sure enough, I had prostate cancer. Mm. And so I had it removed and didn't have any complications. Urologist says, your, your internist saved your life. We mm. don't find it this early, we just don't. Yeah. He said, if I didn't do the digital exam, I wouldn't have found it. Mm. And so, you know, there, there's a case where God's protected me again. Yes, yeah. And so that is in December of 2016. And our anniversary is in September 2017. Mm -hmm. We decided to take all the kids up to Colorado and grandkids in June. Well, we're there. First day's great. And the kids and grandkids always love a free trip. They're always they, <laughs> they always make time for that somehow, right? Yeah. Neither my daughter or son turned down the offer. Yeah. Free vacation. <laughs> so we went out there, had a great 
great day the first day and even the second day. But at the end of the second day, I took a shower and worked out, walked out into the family room, and I thought, told Kathleen, my, my right calf doesn't feel right. Hmm. And so I didn't think much about it, and we went to bed, got up the next day, we actually went on a two-mile two hike with our grandkids. And I'm kind of stumbling along, but I'm doing it. Well, I noticed that afternoon that I have a problem in my right wrist and hand. Mm. They're not operating right. So I called my internist. He says, Tom, you need to get to the emergency room. There's something going on here. So I go there, and <laughs> they, they transmer, transmit me from, uh, from Keystone area to, to Denver. Yeah, by ambulance. And they said, you need to sign in. I said, I can't sign. It's my right hand. Uh-huh. I'm right-handed. He said, you need to sign. So my signature was just a straight line. Right. That's all I could do. Right. I'll make my mark. I'll make yeah. my mark. And so they looked at me. They said, well, we don't think you have a stroke, but we're going to check. So sure enough, I had a small blood vessel break in the back of my brain right as it goes into the spinal column, hmm. which controls the right side. Uh-huh. And they said, you're fortunate in that. A lot of times when this happens, you can't speak. Mm-hmm. I didn't have much of a right. problem there. Mm-hmm. And again, that's God's protection. Yeah, yeah. And so I spent in the hospital about three days in Denver. And, of course, we drove up. So my son agreed to drive our car back, and we flew back. I got into therapy for about seven weeks. When I first went into therapy, they looked at my hand, and it already had started to recover enough. Mm-hmm. They said, we just can't do much for you. Just keep doing yeah. these exercises. Now, was your main concern your golf game? Is that what you were? <laughs> That's ex- it's, all, it's all in the hand. <laughs> so, yes. No, it's, uh, so that came back pretty quickly. But the leg, it took a, a good seven or eight weeks before yeah. I could. I furniture surf, then I used a walker, then I used a cane. <laughs> and I'd say about three and a half months after that, I was on the golf course. Yeah. So that was just a blessing that I yeah. recovered, and I didn't have any after effects, no, no right. disability, because I could have been paralyzed on the right side. And so you know, you're I saying that we had this vacation, we planned everybody, and what a blessing that God rescued me from something worse. Yes. Or some would say, well, how about God just never let that happen? And, and I, you know, I remind you of Psalm 23 that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I've got a fear and evil. I just believe God's in control of all things. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say, also, if you don't go through those things, how do you know what he can do? Yeah. Ah. yeah. I mean, really, that's how you grow. If you don't need rescuing, how do you know he, he can the, rescue you? It's the yeah. tests, the tests that yeah. make you imp- it, it, it help you improve, and it also lets you know what you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, it, yeah. and so uh, you know, I continue to do therapy. I'm, I'm getting along pretty good, and along comes late August of 2017 Harvey. Kirk and Harvey, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing better, but I'm not 100%. Mm-hmm. So our house is not in a floodplain. And, but when it started raining on Friday afternoon, by Monday at 10 o'clock in the morning, I went out and our rain gauge had accumulated 32 inches of rain in that time. And it was supposed to rain all day Monday and Tuesday. So, our daughter and son-in-law decide they're going to evacuate. And we don't have any water in the streets, no water around anywhere. Not, not creeping up your sidewalk not or anything. Not creeping up the sidewalks yeah. or anything. I thought, we're going to go with you. Though. A blessing is my ho- my son in Round Rock, a suburb of Austin, has a guest, guest house. Okay. So we all evacuate. We had some place yeah. to go. So we knew after Tuesday that our house got flooded. You could we see on a how, map or something. Friends, well, neighbors told friends, us. Neighbors, neighbors yeah. told us it was flooded. Yeah. And so Andy wanted to get back to work. So on Thursday he came back to see if get back to go to work and see if he could get to the highest house. And yeah. he did, and they were not flooded. So Erica decided to go back Friday, and she says, "We'll go ahead, and we will take a, a bedroom of furniture out of your house and put it in our game room, so you have to have a place to stay." We have a two story. Yeah. When we can get in the house. Yeah. Well, the water didn't recede enough until Saturday afternoon. It had mm-hmm. water in it for four. That's a blessing. Only four and a half days. There's houses in Houston that had water for weeks. 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 Yeah. Weeks. And the water in our house was about 12 to 14 inches. Now, whether it's 12 or 14 inches or an inch or, or, or whatever. There's you, still a lot you of renovation out. needs you to happen. Muck, you got to muck, muck it out, cut it out, and mold it. And yeah. So they waded in water up to their knees to get to our house, and the water was out of our house. Yeah. 
And so they started cutting out. We had five rooms of carpet downstairs. They started cutting out carpet. And Erica was taking it to the cul-de-sac in a, in a utility sure. truck. And they said the stench was just unbearable. Sure, sure. Unbearable. So we come back. We head back to, to Sugarland on Sunday morning. And we get there about noon, and we see all these people. Hmm. At your house? At our house. Yeah. Parents and, and their, and their uh, teenage kids, about 25 of them, and they're mucking out our house. And you know them? And we don't know them. You they're, don't know them. They're friends of our, of our daughter and yeah. son-in-law. They're from Logos Prep. So we knew some of them, but we didn't yeah. know most yeah. of them. Yeah. And the first, your first reaction is, oh, my gosh, this is, this, they're tearing all this stuff out of my house. Does it really all have to go? But then you realize that you have to get the moisture out of the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so by that Sunday night, our house was from, from three and a half feet down. We had, we had 12, 14 yeah, inches. They yeah. cut it a couple of feet above the yeah, water line. Yeah. Everything was gone except the studs, it's, except for the kitchen and the bedroom cabinets. Everything, I mean, they mucked everything they, out. They Drywall, out. insulation, yeah. everything. Yeah. Doors. Uh, so the next morning I get up and walk over to my neighbors, and he's got seven of his buddies in the house tearing out his kitchen cabinets. And I said, do you really have to do that? He said, oh, yeah, there's drywall insulation back there. It's all soaked. You're going to have all kinds of mold problems if you don't do that. And I said, well, I'll try to find somebody to do it. You know, everybody's trying to find contractors Everybody at the same time. Everybody needs the same exact help, yeah. And so I don't know who's going to do it, but I'll try to find somebody to do it. So I walk back to the house. Let me interject yes. there. I'm standing outside trying to get cell phone coverage. All of a sudden, it looked like from a movie, these five guys with their tool belts around their chest, <laughs> the power drills hanging from there, literally come walking out, not a word. And it was, it, I can just see it from yeah. a movie. They're yeah. walking over from our neighbor. These are his neighbor's mm. friends. One is a contractor. Anyway, come into our yeah. house. They tore off every piece of granite, mm. saved every saved wow. piece. Uh, you're talking master yeah. bath, yeah. powder room, the whole kitchen, cabinets, islands, everything. Yeah, because yeah, bath, <clears throat> yeah. everything has to be. And the contractor well, that, that they I had. Mean, it took them two hours to do all, tear all that out. Two hours. Yeah. So... In literally a day, my house was totally mucked out. There's nothing but Sheesh, there's wow. nothing but uh, yeah. studs. Right. And so now I got to get a contractor. Everybody's trying to get contractors. Right. So Erica had a friend whose father was a contractor. He agreed to come and look at the house and, and give us an estimate. So he looks at the house. He says, "I'll give you an estimate in two weeks." So two weeks comes and I don't hear anything from him. And so I call him. He says, oh, my superintendent's had a health issue, and I, I'm taking on so much work, I can't get it done. I can't do your house. Mm -hmm. I'm two weeks behind everybody. Right. And so I contact our next-door neighbors, and I said, who are you using? Our friend that came over to your, your house is a contractor. He's doing our house, and he's doing the one across the street. And I thought, that's just a God thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there yeah. isn't contractors to be found. That's just a God thing. So I contact him. He agrees to do the house. They did fabulous work. Mm -hmm. It took us five and a half months to get back. They're totally done, but we lived in it the last couple couple months. Yeah. But God provided a free house for us to stay in with our friends during that time. During that time. Yeah, there was our friends had a, a friends that had a house in Great Wood that wasn't being used. So yeah. they let them stay in us and we stayed they stayed downstairs and we stayed up there. Yeah. Another blessing from the Lord. Yeah. yeah it just, it's just this Harvey thing, just one blessing after another. So we get into uh, about about September 10th. I had insurance. We I've always made the commitment that house insurance, flood insurance is so cheap, mm -hmm. you're kind of foolish for not mm -hmm. having it because you're protected so much for so little bit of money. Never lived and in we a never lived in a floodplain, but we've always had flood insurance. Yeah, eighty five percent. There was seventy two homes in our section of, of Riverstone. Seventy of them flooded. Eighty five percent of them did not have flood have insurance. insurance. Yeah. So the insurance adjuster comes about the 10th of September. He gives me an estimate of what he thinks it's going to cost to, to repair it. And when you have flood insurance, everybody has a national flood insurance. Everybody has the same thing, 250000 on on building and 100000 on contents. So that's what we had. And he, he said, 
And I heard horror stories of people sure. dealing with insurance companies sure. not getting any advance money, yeah. none at all, or just a few thousand yeah. dollars. He says, we're going to give you $100,000 up to front. advance for the contractor, yeah. Another blessing from the Lord. Yeah. So one thing you have to do, and Kathleen did this mm -hmm. for weeks, you have to make an itemized spreadsheet of everything you lost, what right. you paid for it, right. how old it is, what it's going to cost you to replace it, and come up with an estimate of yeah. your contents. So she works on that. She finally turns it in. I remember this date, October 23rd. I literally put it in the mailbox, and we headed back to the house we were staying in and picked up the mail at the same picked time. picked up the mail. So I opened the mail, and there's checks for $250,000. Watch out for robbers. Get right <laughs> to the bank. What's happening? Yes. Wow. So we got full yeah, coverage. Full coverage, yeah. And they didn't question. They never even saw the spreadsheet. And so you look back upon this Harvey experience, which, I mean, five and a half months, it's all torn up, and a bunch of heartache and everything, and you go... Wow, I got to see God's goodness here and here and oh, here and everywhere. here. The only time I cried was when we, that time we, we, when we finally got in the house, the, the, the house we were staying in that somebody generously let us stay in. That night, I looked at Tom and we just started crying because of the goodness mm. of God yeah. and the goodness of people. That's what made us, brought us to yeah. our knees, really. Uh, it yeah. wasn't that anything. Those things can happen to anyone, but what we saw happen, and yeah. yes, it was our 50th anniversary. Also. <laughs> that celebration got way late to the next A little year. Bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the uh, a couple of questions I have for you. What would you say to a couple who deeply, deeply desires children, but right now they're not able to have any? Interestingly enough, our daughter had the same problem. Hmm. And that was the last thing I would have wanted because sure. she wanted babies as much as I did. And first you try everything medically, praying all the time. And if God has another plan for you, and I've had friends that he had another plan for, yeah. for them and the child that they ended up adopting, yeah. Yeah. then that you see as God's goodness too. Mm -hmm. uh, we cannot see the purposes behind it when it happens, but he very often, if not here, we know we'll know in heaven. Yeah. I know people say, oh, I'm going to have all these questions. I'm going to fall on my knees. I'm not going to have one question. I'm just going <laughs> to be filled with joy. Yeah. I'm No, there's no questions when yeah. you enter heaven. I think they get left at the gate. Mm -hmm. so. I, but it is, um, I think the hardest part of infertility is that maybe the expectations of others also. Mm. Okay, yeah. You know, when and it's hard every time one of your friends gets pregnant or you hear them complaining about their children. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Yeah. And um, find a friend to pray with you. Mm -hmm. You know, that uh, the Holy Spirit will guide you. Erica was blessed. I mean, yes, we had to work to get our children. Yeah. Uh, I know you were going to ask uh, something about child rearing. Yeah. For us, the, the work was getting pregnant. <laughs> Um, once we got them here, they were, they were, they were, God blessed us with yeah. amazing children and, and it's, grandchildren. and grandchildren. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, yeah, uh, um, I just hang in there. Uh, I mean, I was willing to do whatever it took because yeah. I, I, I had felt the Lord wanted me to have yeah. my children, yeah. my own children. Not that, you know, d uh, adoption is not, uh, God's second choice. It's yeah. it's his choice yeah. for you. Still your children. You're yes. Still, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in my heart, I you know I really yeah. wanted, and he did. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to someone who is experiencing something really difficult, and is just having a terrible time seeing God's goodness in it? If we went through several things of people say this is tragic. This is terrible. And and you reflect back and say, oh, their God was good here and here. But somebody's in the middle of it. What do you say to them? We're actually in that now. Hmm. What daughter, do you say to yourself? Our daughter-in-law, 
who is 46, was diagnosed with, at stage 3C breast cancer mm. when our then eight-month-old granddaughter was still nursing. And now 10 years later, it has returned, and mm. so she is now stage 4. And this is our son, who they're the ones who wish they'd have met in college or yeah. earlier. Because yeah. they, the Lord brought them together, yeah. and they are ideal for each other. But they are not living as if this is going to be the end of mm-hmm. Heather's life. They are living life is what they're doing. Yeah. In fact, they just yeah. made plans to go to Italy that got canceled during COVID with her, with her two kids, 10 and 12. And yeah, it, it seems like you want to say, why God, they, they, you know, she's been through so much double mastectomy, radiation, everything initially. Yeah. But they are not, they're trusting the Lord. They're in a great church. They've got people Mm -hmm. around them and it it and goes she's back. She's very strong. To, oh yes, she's ninety five pounds of pure fierceness. <laughs> if anybody's going to yeah. beat this, yeah. <laughs> six. Yeah. She'll, or, go, she'll go to battle. Yeah, yeah. she's she. It's a, and it is yeah. a battle. God is God is. It's God's battle, but yeah. uh, she's doing everything she can. Um, we're God's. Uh, Jesus said that we'll have trials and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the things are going to happen it's because this is a fallen world yeah but ultimately our lives are to give him glory mm-hmm. so no matter what give him the glory for it if he decides to take heather home we would prefer not sure but Absolutely. that is not our choice yeah that is his and um they they are and she trusts in that too yes oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we're praying for her healing. Yeah. You know, yeah. we really are. And um, it's every time something like this comes up, that's how you, your spiritual muscles get get stronger. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, what we've experienced in 55 years, that is where you get your history yeah. with the Lord. Yeah. Every time something comes up, you think, okay, Lord, next time I'm going to trust you even more. <laughs> you know, I am, I am. <laughs> Because, yeah. but then our human nature kicks yeah. in until the Holy Spirit steps yeah. in and takes over. Yeah. Anything? That's yeah. good. <laughs> well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this, and uh, I'm, I'm just glad to, to know you. You've only been here for a short time, but uh, this encourages me that people uh, can see and, and say without any hesitation, uh, oh, the Lord's been incredibly good to us. And, and we saw that goodness most clearly was on display when things were really hard. Exactly. I want to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this conversation, uh, do us a favor and give us a five-star review wherever you listen to these podcasts. It, it simply makes the program easier for others to find. And also, do yourself a favor and subscribe. That way you don't miss another episode as soon as they come out. If you have suggestions for other stories, you can contact me, Blake, at grandparkway.org. These are the stories you've missed.